Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, where we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out big news. And big news is an understatement with what's come out of American Creek Resources. Here to talk about today is going to be Kelvin Burton. Uh, he's Investor Relations Director, company trades under AMK on the TSX Venture Exchange. For those of you new to the story, because you saw the headline, give me a second to give you this great intro, because uh, it's, it's totally worth it. So first thing you need to know is American Creek's flagship Treaty Creek is located in one of the largest uh, hydrothermal systems in the world, the Golden Triangle. Numerous world, uh, world-scale deposits are routed, including the high-grade Bruce Jack Mine, which opened 2017 uh, by Pridium and who just got bought for $3.5 billion. We'll talk about that. Seabridge's KSM, which boasts the largest undeveloped gold deposit by reserves in the world. The southern half of that system, contains 108, 188 million ounces of gold, 1.2 billion ounces of silver, 55 billion pounds of copper. That's no typos, nothing. The Treaty Creek Project is a JV with Tudor Gold, which owns three-fifths of it. They're the operator and they control all costs associated with the, with the development. So American Creek owns 20% fully carried until such time as a production notice is issued. And in the meantime, benefits from a free ride on what is a rapidly developing world-class deposit. More than just lip service, what does that mean? March 1st, March 1st, they put out, in March, they put out the first ever resource calculation, 19.4 million ounces of gold measured and indicated, 7.9 million ounces of gold equivalent by, on both of those in the inferred uh, mineral resources, includes 1.426 billion pounds of copper and 133, let's call 134 million ounces of silver. If we ended it right there, that would be enough. Uh, because last year, Eric Sprott, we all know who he is, said, quote, it certainly looks like they have 20 million ounces and they could easily get 30, 40, or 50 million ounces of gold. That was last year. But this year, uh, they've had some. And as a result, by the way, Eric Sprott now owns about 17.6% uh, of, of the company. But after this news that we're talking about, Ken Konkin, who is the lead geologist, and he's their vice president of gold exploration, who's had incredible success up there, said the following. This system has proven to be much larger than we previously expected. And combined with our recent discoveries, gives this project unparalleled economic potential as one of the largest gold projects in the world. So with that in mind, Kelvin, Welcome back. Let's talk about it. Hey, George. Good, good to be here. And I'm actually not sure what I can say that can top your intro. <laughs> well, look, I had to give the intro because, you know, it's unbelievable what you guys have. The headline that you guys put out, mm -hmm. Tudor Gold intersects 0.97 grams per ton of gold equivalent over 1,320 meters. That's 1.32 kilometers. Yeah. Including 1.38 grams per ton of gold equivalent over 556 meters, ending in strong mineralization with 2.34 grams ton of gold equivalent over 57 meters in a step-out hole <laughs> at the gold storm deposit. Um, what a press release in layman's terms. Can you explain these results and how they stand out? Just give us the layman term first before we do the deep dive. Sure, I'd, I'd love to. So what... What's interesting and, and is that I I went over the table of results for this interview, just kind of to pick out some highlights, you know, of what we could talk about, George. And and so I, I highlighted the sections I wanted to talk about, and then I picked up my piece of paper and looked at it, and the, the entire thing was highlighted. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really is that. I know we're laughing, but I think we're laughing out of, you know, I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, it, it is. So... So what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to focus on every hole within this press release. Um, the press release is out there. I want people to go read it and our other press releases that have come out. There just isn't time for us to focus on all of it. But uh, the one well, hole that, that quote you... from Ken Konkin, mm -hmm. let's use that as a barometer because Ken Konkin, the world, most many people don't know who he is. Yeah. He's not George, some promoter guy who's talking a big game. He's the real, tell us who he is a little bit. Sure. And why that quote kind of summarizes how big this is. 
Sure. So um, King Konkin is very well known and has won a lot of mining awards uh, throughout Canada. Um, he has spent uh, about three decades in the Golden Triangle. He's also spent some time down in South America and, and Russia, but most of his career has actually been in the Golden Triangle. And so he knows the area extremely well. In fact, um, his last project before uh, coming on board with our partner, Tudor Gold, uh, was uh, he was with Silver Standard and Silver Standard had bought the Bruce Jack uh, deposit there and um, they developed it and and that one's uh, a much different system than than what Seabridge and, and Treaty Creek have. Uh, that one technically is a, a low sulfidation epithermal system with with high grade electrum on it in, in high grade veins, but um, it's he he actually developed that and and broke it off as a separate company from Silver Standard and started a company wow. called Predium. And most people are familiar with Predium because it has you know, some of the highest grades in the world. It's in the top 10% for, for grades of mines in the world. And so, um, and that's right next door. That's within a large geological system called the Sulfurets Hydrothermal System that you referred to earlier and, and, and a neighbor to Treaty Creek. And uh, so that, that was sold in 2017 and it gone into production. Uh, sorry, it wasn't sold. It went into production in 2017 right. and, um, and produces about 350,000 ounces a year uh, of this really high, high grade door. And uh, then he retired. Um, and it's kind of like retiring after winning the Super Bowl of, of mining, really. Um, and, and then he, uh, he told me that he was... Uh, is uh, <clears throat> sitting one day on as geologists do on a Sunday. He was he was in his bathrobe with his feet up reading drill drill intervals. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what geologists do for fun. Don't um, we all do that on Sundays? And and he came across a particular hole, and I'll show you that hole in just a minute here. He said he about fell out of his chair, and and anyway, the opportunity came up for him to be able to work with Treaty Creek, and he honestly believes it could be the largest potential system within that hydrothermal system, which is really saying something considering our neighbors. Um, and, and he's, 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 he's backing it up. He, he's proving it. And so that's kind of the broader context of, of who Ken is and, and why he's the guy, why he's the right guy, because he knows this system already. He put a mine into production he, in this And then system. he came out of retirement to come back for this. Exactly. He was enticed <laughs> in a so, big way. And, and he said, I want to remind everyone, gives this project unparalleled economic potential as one of the largest gold projects in the world. Yeah. So, so when he says that, now that you've given us the context, that means something coming out of something like Ken Konkin. It, it really does. So maybe what we'll do is we'll, we'll jump into um, the, the, uh, the one project that, or sorry, the one deposit. There's a number of zones or areas of mineralization on Treaty Creek. Let's visually show people what's going and, on. And here, we'll right? do that. We'll do that in just a minute here. So, okay. um, and, and the one that, that's, that has the resource calculation on it is called the gold storm because it's 90% gold. And then the remaining 10% in the gold equivalent is, is copper and silver. And, and it's massive. You usually don't get just gold that big. It's usually, you know, copper with gold or something like that. In this case, it's, it's 90% gold so far. And so um, the hole that we just came out with is to the north. And it's open in all directions. But as we go to the north, it seems to get... Um, stronger uh, grades and more mineralized and goes deeper. And so this, this one is kind of the granddaddy of them all so far. So if I, we, I did send you a picture, if you don't mind uh, bringing that up, George. And, yep, give me a second. And, give me a and second. we'll take you... a look at this hole. It's, it's, it's hole, I think it's uh, 13 or 113 or something like that. Um, yeah, it would be 113. Yeah, there right. it is. Let me give, I'm going to give you remote control access over this, Calvin. Sure. So go ahead. You've got, you've okay. got the controls, Captain. All right. I don't, I don't need the mouse for this screen here, but so, um, uh, so this, and, and, and the whole 113 has a couple of wedges off of it. So what that means is that they, they go down um, in one case, 292 meters, and then they, they, they split it and, and wedged off from that. So you don't have to drill from surface each time. So it's, it's a lot more efficient to do that way. And then there's another wedge at about 300 and some meters and another one at about 400 meters or so. Um, but uh, this, is, this is wedge one and, and we're showing 459 meters at about one and a quarter grams per ton gold. 
and uh, including 159 meters at 2.28 grams per ton gold, which also includes 78 meters of, of almost four grams, like 78 meters of four grams per ton, no matter where you are in the world, that's just fantastic. But it's within the context of way, way more. Right. That's 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 what. Yeah. So explain that to us, because that, you know, because a lot of us don't know what the context of that is. Sure. So. Uh, so what, what we have at the gold storm is there's different horizons, Ken calls them. And the, the, the top horizon, he calls the, the 300 zone. And it's roughly the, the first three to 400 meters or so uh, from the surface. And so this, this uh, deposit is very close to surface. Some places it's at surface and some places it's just under. And, um, and the top of it is actually the most mineralized part that we've, we've seen. Um, and, and that's very advantageous because you want your richest stuff to be the easiest stuff to get to because sure. it's the cheapest stuff to take out. And you can, you know, if you're doing an open pit mine, you can pay your capex back quicker by getting to the richest stuff. Well, if your richest stuff is close to the surface, it, it can't get better than that. And so that, that's actually a, a, a theme throughout any of the holes that we're going to talk about today. We don't necessarily talk about the 300 zone in all of them, but each time there's a new hole, uh, most of them all are expanding this 300 zone as well. And so this, this one is showing that, I mean, in, in any of these three, so this is the same hole, it's just showing that it's richer, uh, uh, there's 78 meters of it at close to four, uh, within 159 meters of two and a quarter, within about 450 meters at, at one and a quarter. And uh, again- Calvin, how good are these results? Well, yeah, so, so to put it into context, uh, when it comes to you know, this type of mine, this isn't a mine, but if you were to mine something like this, these large bulk tonnage mines that are often porphyry systems, um, the the average grade is quite low. In fact, the average grade, um, median grade of mines around the world is just over one gram per ton gold, and and that's averaged down because a lot of these big deposits, um, they'll be at a gram or they can be way under that. Even in, even in BC up in the area that we're in, there's a lot of them are like 0 0.7, 0 0.8. Um, uh, there's uh, even going up into Alaska, uh, there's one that's uh, 0.4. Canada's latest gold mine, the Victoria uh, Gold, the Eagle Gold Mine, I believe it's called. Um, that one's 0.6 grams per ton gold. And, so and these here are 1.26, including yes, 2.28, yeah. including 3.97 <coughs> grams per ton of gold. That's, I mean, can I yeah, say that's pretty spectacular or would I be it, over? <laughs> well, the, 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 the hole that made Ken fall out of his chair was 556 meters, 560 some meters at 0.98 grams per ton gold. And, and he just couldn't believe that. Uh, he, he said, that's just amazing. He says, that's like five football fields stacked on top of each other, Calvin, straight down into the ground. So anyway, more of the same, right? As we move farther away, it's just getting larger and larger. And if we, if, if, we, if I just uh, go to the, the next slide here, um, there, there we are. Um, so th this is wedge number two. So this one's showing 1,320 meters at, at a gram, basically, right? And that includes 97 meters at 1.29, again, in the 300 zone, uh, 69 meters of, of 1.85. Um, and then, and meaning further down the hole, we have, uh, and this is towards the bottom, it's, it's 556 meters of 1.38 grams per ton gold with uh, or including 57 meters of 2.34. And, and again, that ends in mineralization. So we're at two and a quarter grams um, in, in the mineralization when we end the hole. And now, didn't you guys of, end there because that's as far as it could go? Yeah, that was the case in this one. So <clears throat> remember this so, is a wedge. So it actually came off, it, it started about 250 meters down. So they were already up to about you know, in the 16 to 1700, you know, meter range um, from surface and, and they're still in the juice. So, and, and, and sometimes we hear meters think, ah, oh, you know, 1600 meters, that's 1. 1.6 kilometers down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's big. And so the, the, these really are absolute world-class holes. Um, and, and again, I said, I didn't have time to go through the whole press release. I'm just going to just show you a couple of other ones here. Um, uh, from there, there's another one here, uh, just over a kilometer, uh, close to 1,100 uh, meters at three quarters of a gram, um, including 20, 
216 meters at just under a gram. And, and again, uh, richer intersections of 57 meters at 1.32 and 348 meters at 1.18. So um, some of those are in the 300 zone that we talked about. And some of those are in what's called the CS600 zone, which tends to be, uh, it's deeper and it starts to have more copper and, and silver and that type of thing. So um, another great hole there. And then 19,564 meters at just over a gram. That looks so, like an unbelievable number, 564 yeah, well, meters. Again, of 1. that was very 1. similar to the first one that 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 right. got Ken to buy in here. <laughs> right. And again, you know, there's a, a, an enriched section, right? And most of these are in the 300 zone where um where it's closest to surface. And that and that makes the possibility of an open pit mine so so much more realistic. And then and then finally, um, you know, 21 uh 110. 474 meters at just over a gram, but 216 at 1.7, um, including, oh, sorry. And, and another one, 1305 meters of- 130.5 meters. Oh, thank, thank you. That <laughs> Time for you time it's for a small to go screen. <laughs> I like, I like 13, oh, 1300 better. <laughs> yeah, well, so, it's got, so you got 260 meters of 1.71, and yeah. 130.5 meters of 2.38. Yeah. And, and there's one section as well here that let me let me just look at my other chart here where, where we had um uh, four. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Se 78 meters at four grams per ton gold equivalent. Uh just just amazing. And again, th these are engine mineralization. So um it's been a fantastic press release and that means by the way ending mineralization means there may be more it, 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 it you don't know if it's ended yet you got you guys got to keep going deeper that that's right we don't know and the the magnetotelleric survey that we've used for this you know it shows these really deep roots coming up um that, that come up and and our side our side it's all the same system in this large hydrothermal system both on you know for seabridge and for treaty creek and and they come up from kilometers deep and so there, there's certainly potential for this to go you know as as deep as you can drill uh, of course we don't know where the end of that is and then the other point about the gold storm of course is that um we don't know where the end of it is really in any direction you know on the on the south or on the west side, there is the the, uh, the sulfurets thrust fault, and um, and you know that that is. By, a, by the way, do you have a map or something like that you can show us to kind uh, of put this purpose? Yes, actually, I'll I'll show you that in just a second. Okay. But what I what I'm getting at though is that the gold storm is open, right? And it's open in all directions. And as we go further north, which which these holes are from, um, and then some infill holes too, um, it's it's getting richer. And better. So let's just put this into context, George. I, I showed you this image a year ago. Um, but it's when, good for it's good for new people to see it, even for even for the current people to see it. Yeah, it was actually earlier this year because it had all of last year's results in it. And so um, looking down on the right, you have well on the on the bottom left, you have the Empire State Building. On the right, you have the CN Tower, and then the Burj Khalifa in in the middle there. That currently being the tallest uh, man-made building structure in the world. Um, and, and there's our holes uh, <laughs> going down there. And the one, literally this Unbelievable. one right here was, was, the, was the one that made Ken fall out of his chair. So, and, and, and look at what we've done since then. This was last year. Now, I'm, I'm just going to show you this here. Um, and, and that's this one here. So, we, wow. we actually had to readjust the scale of everything because our holes were going off the top of last year's chart. <laughs> So, I mean, you just look at any one of them. And I, again, I'm not going to read the ball and everything else. You can obviously see, you know, whole 13 there at the top with 1300 and some, you know, meters at, at basically a gram, 0.97, right? So, and you got four or five of those that are taller than or just at the tip of the Burj Khalifa. Well, well uh, absolutely. Um, uh, let me ask you this, George. Have you ever been up the CN Tower for dinner or something like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that's the observation deck way down here. And I, I've been up it many times as well. And of course, you're looking way down at the skyscrapers in Toronto, which are decent sized skyscrapers, right? Like those are tall buildings. And, and so if you look at this, you're, you're, you're about four times the height of the, the, you know, of, of the sky deck on there. Right. And it, technically it's, it's actually about three, 
uh, 2.4 times uh, higher than the entire CN Tower. Yeah, so that's it. But I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes numbers are so big, like the U.S. deficit. When people say oh, five <laughs> trillion dollars, like, all right, five trillion, I guess, no big deal anymore. Yeah, they, they... Put it when you put your numbers here into perspective by comparing to the Empire State Building, CN Tower, yeah, Burj Khalifa, it really starts to get people thinking like, wow, now I get it. Yeah, when you start talking about national debt, you usually go to astronomical numbers. But anyway, <laughs> you measure in light years and things like that. But um, so this just tries to put things into perspective uh, for everyone. Now, what's interesting is, um, you know, yes, the stuff at the surface is is very valuable, and we're glad it's at the, at the surface. So, you know, what what good is the stuff really deep, right? So I, I know you and I have talked and you've wondered, well, really how deep can you go, right? Um, and so the good news is that this stuff's all very valuable, even at depth. So um, you mentioned uh, in your introduction, actually, that, that Pretium was taken out by a company called Newcrest. That's about the fifth or sixth largest- Just money. recently. Yeah, yeah, literally- couple of weeks ago. Now they, they haven't been taken out. So, uh, and the offer was accepted by management and they still have to ratify it and everything else. So we don't know what will happen there, but the, but the offer was accepted. But they've, all, they've all agreed that a $3.5 billion offer. The management has, they still have to have a shareholder vote and other things, of course. but, um, but yeah, three and a half billion Canadian and, um, and Newcrest has uh, a half dozen or so mines and, and half of them are these really high grade ones, just, just like uh, Predium. Uh, the other half, though, are are well. They're actually just like Goldstorm. <laughs> um, they're they're large porphyry systems where you can do a an open pit on the top. But where Newcrest, they're actually the the specialists in the world for this block cave mining. And that's essentially where you go down deep and then you start, you know, doing um, uh, an open pit upside down. So it might kind of look like an hourglass after a while. And, and it's advantageous for them to do that. It, it's, it's harder to get out of the ground perhaps, but your, your grade's always high because you're right in the middle of it type of thing. So um, they're experts at that. And so um, uh, about 18 months ago, um, they actually bought 70% of the Red Crisp mine, which is about 150 kilometers up the highway 57 from us. And and the reason why they bought that was for the underground stuff. So it was already operating since about 2014, I think. And uh, they wanted the, the underground stuff. And so uh, they were working on a feasibility study for block cave mining on it. And, and actually, they just came out with that about two or three weeks ago. You can go to Newcrest and look at the details of that. And they came out with a feasibility study for the block cave. And it looks very, very good. And they're moving forward with it. So it's a very positive feasibility study. And in that study, they actually mentioned, George, that, that uh, the type of deposits that are up in the Golden Triangle are, are the perfect type for this type of mining. And, and that's why they went in there and it's been very successful. And so that's why all this really deep stuff that we have um, is very valuable as well, because it has the potential to be a block cave mind. So where do you go from here, Kelvin? Uh, how much more drilling is there to go? Sure. And what can shareholders expect? Like from, from, you know, how the drilling season, Oh, there you go. Okay. There's, there's the answer. To, so this is showing what they were going to do, you know, what to expect in 2021. This is uh, obviously Tudor's slide here because they are the operator of it. Of course. And um, so you, you can see here that th this is the good, the gold storm here. And the focus on the gold storm was, to have um, convert over, they had about 8 million at some point, 9 million ounces of inferred. And so they wanted to convert over as much as that as they could to measured and indicated because that's what you get paid on. Um, and then secondly, to expand that. And then they wanted to test some other areas really, uh, really bad too. So one of those areas is, is this one down here called the perfect storm. And <clears throat> Um, if you guys can see, there's this blue dotted line going through yep. here. That that's the sulfurous thrust fault, and it's responsible for uh, all the major deposits uh, for Seabridge, and and certainly along along this uh, in, in Treaty Creek as well. And, I mean, you and, couldn't draw any better if you were an investor <laughs> of yeah. the company. If I didn't know any better, you'd think that you hand drew this, but yeah, that literally slices right through. It it Perfect does. Storm, cold storm. Yeah. 
And, and so it's actually the same in the north half of the system as it is the south. It's all the same system. And then the, the red line here being uh, the Jeff Kaiba line, um, Joanne Nelson and Jeff Kaiba came up with that. Really what that is, is on, on the one side, you have sedimentary rock and on the other side, you have volcanic rock. And, and, and where those two meet, um, usually within a couple of kilometers of that, there's, there's major deposits being found in, in British Columbia. And then there's also some really specific geology called geoclastic sequencing and so forth that we won't get into. But of course, this is common throughout all of these deposits. And so, and so the, the perfect storm has all of those. And, and then on top of that, we've discussed it before, but there's two types of geophysics that have been run on that. And one's called magnetotelluric survey. And, and it shows that it has the right type of impedance to carry just as these other spots do. And um, the same technology used to discover the deep Kerr, uh, the, the lower Mitchell and the, uh, the deep iron cap um, for Seabridge. And uh, it's showing big potential here at, um, at the perfect storm. And then also there's a magnetic high uh, overlapping that, which is also a good indicator within this system. And so they wanted to test that. They wanted to do quite a bit of drilling on that. They wanted to test the Eureka over here, which Ken thinks might be the top half of the gold storm. And then we will talk about this in a few minutes, but they also wanted to test an area that they had called the Northeast Anomaly. And what that was is um, the, the glacier recedes every year. And, and there was a bunch of good looking ground and rocks and everything on, on the ground that they got some good assays on. And so they wanted to test that one as well. And so what happened is uh, when they went up, there was about 50% more snow than usual. And so just logistically, it was harder to get going. And then the, the other reality that we've all lived with is something called COVID. <clears throat> and uh, they've done a really good job of uh, running a program and being very safe with everybody. And there's also a really high demand for drillers. And so the combination of trying to bring new drillers in and following all the protocol and the quarantining and everything else meant that they weren't gonna be able to get the 50,000 meters that they were hoping for. So it says here 50,000 meters, right? Was, was what they were hoping for. But, but the reality was, is they weren't gonna be able to get that much because of the logistics and the COVID and so forth. And so what they did, George, is uh, after we had a hole here up on the north end here. And, How and much was, did they get of the 50,000? About just over 30,000. Okay. Yeah, and we're really impressed that they got that actually. It's an incredible feat to be able to accomplish. I've lived up there for a couple summer, George, and, um, and <laughs> it's, um, uh, you don't appreciate it until you're actually there and, and, and the see, of heart. see what these guys do, uh, do. But they did a fantastic job. They really did. And to get the 30,000 meters that they did. And <clears throat> what they did was uh, they, they came out with a hole um, a couple of press releases ago that was uh, just under a thousand meters. So about 980 some meters at one and a quarter grams and another fantastic hole. And they realized that that's the best place for them to be spending what time that they had left. So they actually pulled the drill from these other areas like the perfect storm and, and the Eureka and uh, the Northeast anomaly. And they, they pulled them in the, and they have them, you know, infilling and doing step out holes to the North, which is why, which is why we're getting these holes like we, we had today. So a, a very astute move on their behalf. So that's what was accomplished this summer. And, and there's a little more to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they mentioned this last press release that I think, I think there's maybe four more holes on uh, the gold storm. And there, I think there's one more hole on this, this uh, Northeast anomaly, which we'll get into in, in, in just a moment here. In fact, um, maybe we'll just get into that now. <laughs> why, why don't we do that? Actually, let's talk about that Northeast anomaly. They renamed it. Do you remember what they called it, George? They gave it a new name called the calm. The calm before the storm. The calm before the storm. So uh, here's our map here, and you can see this is the calm before the storm up here. And and I like it. You know, it's clever. The calm before the storm, and then you get into the gold storm, and then you get into the perfect storm, right? So, yep, yep. Um, and so, and then of course the Eureka over here. Um, he uh, he Ken thinks might be the top half of this. Just as right here we have the snowfields, which is the top half of the Mitchell. Right. So um, and, and once again, you can see this this rhythm or sequencing that, that Ken keeps talking about 
um, in the string of pearls is what he says. He just really big pearls. So, sure. Um, so can, can, I, I mean, I can see him. But kind sure. of walk us through yeah. the pearls there. So I'm I'm going to show you a bunch of different angles of this. So I'm just going to show you this oh, map. Okay. I'm going to go to some Google Earth images. Okay. So um, down here we have what's called the Kerr, then the Sulphurets, then the Mitchell, and then Seabridge recently acquired um, the Snowfield uh because it's really just the top half of that and, and it can only go out that direction anyway so it's a great 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 acquisition for them and a great sale for for pretium um and then the next one is is the iron cap here so about every two and a half kilometers give or take there's another major deposit two and a half kilometers north of that is where we have the perfect storm two and a half kilometers north of that is where we have the gold storm and guess what's two and a half kilometers north of that <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 and that visual is so powerful. It, it really is. And, and again, you can see the, the Kaiba line come through here. And this dotted line here is, is the, uh, the thrust fault and so forth. So let me actually show you just a, a couple of images. And I'm going to just back out a little bit here and zip through these really quick for you, George, um, so that people get the idea. So here's British Columbia. And as you can see, we're you know, th this yellow line here is Alaska. So we're, we're just up off the, the Alaskan panhandle is, is where the golden triangle is. And then <clears throat> if I zoom in, um, then you can start to see some of the really well-known projects in the area. So uh, the town of Stewart is, is just down here and there's a fjord that goes down here and the, 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 the um, international line there with Alaska goes right up the fjord here to Stewart. And then it uh, cuts off to the left here. And so um, you, you see up here, uh, well, just last year, no, earlier this year, uh, we had Newmont buying out the Totoga property, which was owned by GT uh, Gold. And, and they bought that one earlier this year. And, and then you have the Red Chris, which we just talked about, right? Which, which Newcrest owns 70% owns of. And now they're going to do a, an underground mine there as well. And then over here we have uh, Galore Creek and Shaft Creek. Uh, Galore Creek being owned by Newmont and Tech, and Shaft Creek being owned by Tech and Copper Fox. So there's a lot of the big boys are already in this area with these massive deposits. Yeah, that and, just keeps driving the point home that you are in a fantastic neighborhood. So the results, yeah, though you don't take for granted, um, fit. You know, they're they're. They're not an anomaly. They they fit with what's going on in this whole system. They they do. It's a very enriched system, and in fact, by far the 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 biggest metal enrichment in the ground is in this area. The blue here, you can see, I have Kerr and Iron Cap and Mitchell and, and so forth. So let's just let's just zoom into that area there because that, of course, is where Treaty Creek is. So uh, let's just zoom into Treaty Creek. So. Um, well, this is actually not just Treaty Creek. This is the, the sulfurets hydrothermal system. So uh, starting in, in, in the bottom left here, you have the Kerr, the sulfurets, the Mitchell, Iron Cap, Perfect Storm Zone, Gold Storm, the Calm Before the Storm, and, and of course the Eureka and the, um, uh, the Snowfields as well. And then you could see uh, Bruce Jack, and Bruce Jack was the one that was just sold. And so what, what's interesting about this is the, the, there's a a ridge going like this you can see and all the water to the southwest of this flows out through Alaska and all the water to the right of this northeast flows out through Canada and it's one of the reasons why Seabridge which is this area here um, has to have their tailings pond way over here in this in the Tegan Valley and the reason is because this flows out and then down through Alaska and so you 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 set yourself up for potential, you know, getting oh, shut yeah. down or whatever by another country, right? If, of course, it's, it's a stroke of a pen by Biden, and 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 you know, not only is a pipeline gone, but maybe now and a mine's gone too, right? And we've never talked about that, but in order to get there, they got a tunnel right through Treaty Creek. Yeah, that's a good point. So th this is the but that's just an added bonus on top of everything. <laughs> well, it, it's it's true. So they're, they're proposed uh, twin tunnels. MTT is the Mitchell to Tegan Valley tunnels. There's two of them, and I think they're about 23 kilometers long or something like that. And 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 they're actually start right at the, at the Mitchell. They go just behind the Iron Cap, and then they, they come down right through here, 
And I mean, right now they're, they're actually scheduled to go through the gold storm and, and, and the, uh, the calm before the storm, but you know, the, they're looking at potentially moving them or working something out anyway. And, and then they surface here and then go into the, the proposed tailings pond. So their, their stated objective in their feasibility study, if you read it, um, it shows that they would put a road in here and then maybe come around this way or something like that to get to the, um, the access point where it comes above ground um, or, you know, uh, and so there would al might already be a road there. Who knows if, if Seabridge moves forward, um, that would be great for everybody, I think. And then the other way out is just straight down here and you go out here. And, and the other cool little thing is this little squiggly road down here that actually goes gyps below the screen and then comes right up this glacier to the Bruce Jack and that's their road and that's how they get out. So who knows, maybe you could go down and join onto their road and cross, cross this river that way. So I, I, what I'm saying is the logistics are fantastic, right? This is, you know, about 20 kilometers or so, right? Uh, out to the highway where you have the highway, it's an hour and a half ship uh, south of that to the shipping port. You have the, the high transmission power line, which is this, this cut grid right here. Um, cheap, one of the cheapest power in the world there. So anyway, that's the kind of the logistics and you can see how that lines up so well. Here's just a slightly different angle of it. Uh, looking a little bit uh, straight down the line there, you can see the rhythm of this. So when it comes to when it comes to the the, the copper, sorry, when it when it comes to this new zone, the calm before the storm, and when it comes to uh, the perfect storm, uh, they were both drilled, and they both actually have good results for the the first drill holes that we did. But sometimes we get kind of blinded by these monster holes off of the the perfect or sorry off of gold storm that that anything but a, a kilometer of a gram it doesn't seem big anymore <laughs> but this the significant part of, about those holes and, and they had decent numbers on them is the fact that it's mineralized so and that's because they're where they should be right and the geo geology is telling us that and the geophysics is telling us that and so when you drill into them and I'm, I'm just going to look at a so couple of So the grade on those ones is not as important as much as the story they're telling. It, exactly. The so as much yeah. as the confirmation that they're given. Yeah. So, so, so I'm perfect storm, 118 meters of 0.72 grams, you know, gold equivalent, right? And, and 50, 59.9 meters at 0.927. And, um, you know, 19.5 meters at 0.599, 133 meters at 0.59. You know, um, these are actually really good numbers, but what's more important is it's showing that the system's mineralized, right? At, at the calm before the storm, we have two of the three holes so far. Um, one of them is 155.5 meters at 0.82, and one of them is 19.25 meters of 0.38 grams per ton uh, gold equivalent. So, Here's what's interesting about that, just to put this into context. So if we look at, I'm, I'm just going to zoom into uh, our section of it here. So um, so here's the, the perfect storm and here's Copper Bell, or sorry, the gold, gold, the gold storm. storm. And Copper Bell's right beside it. So it's literally right here. Okay. And what happened was, is the glacier receded and, and there was a Gaussian there and we went and chipped the Gaussian and it had you know, all kinds of pyrite and calcopyrite and so forth in it. And so we thought we would drill it. The first three drill holes on that was um, 46 meters at 0.83 grams per ton, including a half a meter of 1.14. Um, not a thousand meters, but a half a meter at 1.14. <laughs> uh, three quarters of a meter at 0.86. And the second hole had 16 meters of 0.66 grams per ton gold. And the, the third meter actually had a few hundred meters of leverite in it, George. What's leverite? Leverite sounds like a <laughs> astro. <laughs> no, leverite is the kind of rock where you leave right where you found it, because there's not much <laughs> in it. <laughs> so you, you don't even have to cut that stuff and send it off for assay. It's <laughs> so. What's the relevance of telling us those things? Well, the, the the point here is that. Um, those numbers there by today, you know, by today's standards in terms of what we're used to putting out, used to putting out, they don't look very good, do they? Right? Not at all, actually. All it had to do was show there's mineralization there. So then we drilled, you know, uh, in, in 2009, these are 2007 numbers. We drilled in 2009, there's a big crash in 2008, if you recall. 
Um, in uh, 2009, so they we went were, back. Yeah, they were the canary in the coal mine. In the yeah, coal mine yeah, exactly. But but in 2009, we went back, and you know our best hole was I'm going by memory, but about 240 meters of 0.8 grams, and we were over the moon. Our shareholders were over the moon. That's a good hole, right? Um, and and yet, look what it led to. It, it led to 27 million ounces. Of, of all three categories of gold and oh, potentially boy. much larger than that, right? And, and potentially one of the largest gold, gold systems in the world, according to Ken Duncan. And on that note, Kelvin, after you're done the final holes, yeah. do you guys, uh, I'm presuming another resource estimate's gonna come out? Um, yes, the, the plan is to, um, and again, this is this is Tudor's uh, baby because they're the operator. But, of course, yeah, uh, but, they but, but they have stated that they want to have a resource calculation, um, probably Q1 sometime in, in Q1 would be an updated one. And and that's when we get and to that find would be out. before PDAC for sure, because you come out with the resource estimate PDC's first week of March. So I would I would guess if they, they would come out by the end of February at the latest because they want to go into PDAC with you know the super bowl of mining and, and be armed with <laughs> that that's what i would think anyway that's what most companies do you know that that's a very obvious goal right i mean whether it happens or not i we can't control that but that would be a very obvious goal i think and and then from there um you know a uh pre-feasibility -pre study perhaps in, in q2 or something like that and, and a pre-feasibility study is where you really start to put the meat on the bones and and people can start to understand this isn't just way more three quarters of a gram you know gold equivalent type of stuff that that there actually is this very rich you know stuff at surface which could be mined very profitably you know and and, and very inexpensively or or maybe it can't we don't know the answer to that it looks like it can but that's why you do a pre-feasibility study right is you start to add all the numbers and and then that's when all your business people and and all your institutions and everything else can start looking at it as a mine instead of just good holes could right could we be in a situation where gold, I'm just thinking forward a little bit, give one time, gold storm could be sold on its own and then perfect storm could be sold on its own and then calm before the storm could be. So, so potentially you could have work going on here for years as you're selling off one big, you know, deposit yeah. at a time. So, so it does have that potential. Um, again, that's really kind of more of a question for for Tudor. Of um, course, my my opinion on it though is that anyone who buys it is probably going to want to have the whole thing, and if and if for no other reason, just the logistics of it. So if right, if right. if, if right, the, right, the gold right, storm right. is as big as we think it is, it might actually go over and connect with the Eureka Ken thinks, and if that's true, then it's harder to get this out because it's in a valley, right? It's it's kind of the same problem. It, it, or, or I won't be probably yeah, no one right wants way. to get landlocked, it's, right? I got it's it's no the same issue. It's the same issue that that Seabridge has. Right, right, right. So it would be the okay. Um, just, and, and so I throw that out there. And so you're, I, I think you're correct that it could be, but I think whoever wants to buy is probably going to want to buy the, the the entire thing. Okay, and and so let me let me just finish off with with a couple slides here for you, and that is, um, if I if I zoom out of this here, um. Again, you can see the access out to the highway and everything else there. And then if I zoom out more, now you, I've, I've zoomed out. So, so here's Stuart down here, right, in the shipping port. And, and here we are up here. And so you and what's just the difference? Up. What's the distance from there from, you know, from Goldstorm oh, to yeah, Stuart? They're, they're, it, it's about, I, th I think it's about 40, 40 kilometers, something like wow. that. So um, in, in but, mining but that's terms, as, the, no. as the crow flies, right? Yeah. So, so once you get out to the highway here, there's actually a, a fishing skiing village here called Beltu. And from Beltu, it's about an hour and a half um, to get about 150 kilometers or so to, to get to the port, right? And then if you go further up from there, then that's, um, you know, uh, about 150 kilometers the other direction is is the Totoga property and the Red Chris and the other ones that we talked about. So all you do is you just go down the highway here to Meziadin Junction and then come in here. And and then there's your port and and I've 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 pointed it out uh, the the premier silback mine here which is um, owned by Ascot and they also bought the Red Mountain uh, deposit from IDM and or merged with with IDM and and they're looking to go into production quite soon and so I I pointed out because that's actually really quite significant this extremely rich area 
right down in around Stewart. And in, and in this area, it's, it's maybe not so much the mass of deposits you get further north as it is a lot of the high grade veining type of system and, and just richer, they're smaller, but they're way richer type of deposits down there. So if I just zoom into that for my last image. Yeah, I mean, these all, these all been powerful images. If you're, if, by the way, if you're, if you're listening on podcasts, it's probably one of those uh, interviews that you want to go find the video version of uh, in order to, in order to really benefit from these visuals. Yeah. So, so here we have the, the, the premier still back here and they've actually, I think they've already received their sagmill and, and everything else. Um, they're, they're that close uh, to starting to produce and red mountain here, which is their other uh, deposit. And, and this funny shaped thing in the middle um, I just got to put a plug in for it. That's the Dunwell mine, if you might recall, George. <laughs> the, the Dunwell mine that American Creek had until it split, and and now there's two companies. And we're uh, gonna talk about that at some point. Not yes, today, but we'll we talk about get... Stinger Resources another time. But but I, I just thought I would point out how strategically placed it is. I mean, it's literally, you know, as we've said before, 15 minutes from you know the Adit, uh, you know, down to the shipping port down here. And, and it's also in, in one of the richest areas, uh, right between two other major deposits and, and so forth. So anyway, that, that one looks really good. And, um, but let's finish off with, with looking at where does that leave, where, where are we right now in terms of the big picture of, of world deposits, I guess, right? And, and I just added this, this in here for you. So this is from Mining Intelligence. Um, and <clears throat> what it is, is it's undeveloped uh, gold deposits, the 10 largest ones. And there's a couple of interesting stats about this one, George. And, and by the way, if I can, just in case people are listening, yeah. number one is pebble at <clears throat> 70, uh, I'll call it 71 contained ounces of gold. And number 10 is the Wafi gold pool, I'm not sure, at 21 and a half million ounces. So already at the 27 or 28 that that looks like is there now, yeah, you, we'd be sitting at number uh, number six. Yeah, right now in the world, with without adding this year's stuff. Right, without it's adding any of this talking stuff. about. So, um, uh, so here here's a couple of things. So just in terms of that that pebble one, right? It's it's a not it's an on again off again. Um, uh, type of project and the, the 70 million i mean this is contained so this is talking about not only um reserves but resources okay and, and because there's a lot of the stuff at pebble that just can't be taken out of the ground profitably because the oh, okay All right. well if you look at the if you look at the grade it's 0.34 grams per ton right now they, they do have some copper there to bring that up uh, as well but it is a low grade system and a lot of it's at depth, so it, it's a tough, tough combo. But but more so than that, it, the the, uh, the tough combo is getting getting everything approved. So um, it remains to be seen if if Pebble Mine will eventually materialize, as the project's key water permit was formally rejected by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers last November. Now th they are going to appeal that and everything else, and because it's just too big to ignore, right? Um, but but, but below that, number two comes in forty seven, which is Seabridge. They, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're within, we're within striking distance, right? Yeah. 47, then 45, then 45, then 39. Exactly. That's two through five. So you know, we're not there yet. We have no idea, but here's something else that's distance. interesting is that so uh, in, in number five, six, seven, sorry, um, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, mid -20s, mid -20s, uh, those, those ones um, are currently stalled. And then the very bottom one, number 10 there, is facing delays due to ongoing dispute with the uh, PNG government, um, the Papua New Guinea government. So, um, and, and again, if you're looking at where these things are located, right, Venezuela, Pakistan, Colombia, Ecuador, Russia. Well, the one in Russia is kind of unique because it's just the government, you know, private. It's kind of it's all on its own anyway. Um, but these aren't some of the, the best places in the world uh, to, to do business. And yeah, as far uh, as friendly jurisdictions go, yeah, Pebble, US number one, Kerr uh, number two in Canada, and then uh, Donlin number four in the US. The, yes. the rest of them are out there. 
Yeah. Even Donland Creek, you know, it, 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 again, it's another Newmont project and it's, it's a massive deposit. It's incredible. And it has an incredible grade. Look at that. It's 2.34 grams, right? Like, and, and it's like close to 40 million. It's just unbelievable. The challenge with it, it's in the middle of nowhere. And so it's, I think their proposed CapEx is around eight and a half billion or something. And that's wow. not, that's not with inflation going up, accounting for that. And I mean, they have to put in over a billion dollars to put in a few hundred kilometer um, uh, natural gas pipeline just for power. Right. That, so, that's when you start, so when you start putting all those factors together, all these facts we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Treaty Creek is looking like. It's, it's looking good. <laughs> it's looking like it could be a one of the top in the world, which is exactly what, what Ken Conkin was saying. Exactly. exactly. Actually, this sums up very well what Ken was saying. <laughs> yeah, but the, the I'm very glad you find that context. I'm Because I'm, I'm, <laughs> all these other ones have numbers, but they've got some real issues associated with them. Yeah. Um, even number one, Pebble, you know, 70 million contained ounces. But, you know, we know that's been an environmental fight for a decade more. Actually closer to two. Yeah, yeah, a couple of decades now. So, yeah. um, man, that, I'm glad you brought that up because that puts into really good, you know, and, really good and, perspective. And when you look in in the region that we're in, um, you know, uh, uh, Tudor Gold is already working with the Tel Ten Nation there, and there's already been precedent set there, and they already want to have mining there. And yes, there are logistics to get through and so forth. But I'll tell you what, 20 kilometers to the highway is a lot better than 200 and some kilometers to the, the nearest yeah, highway yeah, or absolutely. rail or port um and you know cheap power and there's lots of water there and and so you know th this isn't to say and that there's mining going on there right now i mean yes and, exactly and so and pretty we got bought for three and a half billion so <laughs> it's happening there bottom line is it's happening it is. it's not in the middle of georgia land and, that's you know, right so, so far, so good, right? You never know what comes around the corner and that's why they have to go through all these studies and everything else. But so, as you said, you're looking forward, you know, uh, it's it's an updated resource calculation, then it's a preliminary economic assessment. And uh, and then we're off to the races, I think. Um, give us, a, so last word then, give us some timelines there. Um, you know, ballpark. I know sure. I'm not gonna ask for specific dates because it is Tudor who controls yeah. all this. But just for, for the sake of everyone at home, ballpark timelines. Yeah, you know, so the best idea. indication that I have from, from Tudor, which is the same as everyone else, uh, is, is that it looks like we might get the last results and so forth uh, potentially before Christmas, which would be fantastic. Those of these things tree, run hopefully. way into January and February. And that means they can get going on their, their updated resource calc sooner. And so, you know, I'm expecting that perhaps sometime in the in Q1 of 22, and then uh, the the PEA again. I'm expecting that perhaps sometime in Q2, um, maybe towards the end of that. I don't know, but so in the next six months, we're going to yeah, know a heck of a months. lot. Plus, I'm presuming there's going to be more drilling starting in at the end yep. of Q2 or in mid Q2, right? Mm -hmm. There's yep. the story is far from over, even though this is a great second chapter. The star is far from over, right? Am I, am I accurate in saying that? Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, we keep coming up these fantastic part. drill holes year after year after year, and we don't even know where the end of gold storm is. And and, and that comes back to, to Konkin's quote, and, and that is that at some point, you know, we're hoping that someone wants to buy this out, and it looks like there's a good possibility of that. It is certainly everything's pointing that direction for now. Um, and it if, if say, just an example in the next year or two or something like that, someone wanted to buy it, um, it would be earlier than what mining companies typically buy things that they usually wait till, the, you know, everything's done, right? So your feasibility study is done and your permitting's done and, and, and uh, your environmental's done and everything else. Um, but th the reason why they're starting to move ahead of that, and that's just the overall problem, is that regardless of what the Fed does or doesn't do, or the price of gold does or doesn't do, the reality is that these large producing companies are, are running out of gold. It's being produced way faster than it's being discovered. And so they want to have, they're looking for stuff five years out, 10 years out, 20 years out. And so 
to have and, something. And the, and the top 10 list isn't going to be a big help, it sounds like. It, five well, it is 10, because then they're number looking, one and then five through 10 are fraught with problems already. So there's a real uh, concern there, no? Yeah. And and when you start to look at, you know, we, we don't know what the potential is. So so the, they might say, well, we wanted it at a discount because we're buying it early. Uh, but then Walter could uh, easily say, well, hang on a second. We don't even know where the end of gold storm is yet, let alone the calm before the storm, storm, let alone the perfect storm, let alone the Eureka, let alone some other areas that we're interested in that haven't been drilled yet. Right. You know, and, and so if, if it is a kind of an all in one type of thing, um, it, it'll be interesting. To, to and Walter Storm, happens. by the way, I'm sure most people know, but some don't. He was the guy who helped finance Cisco all the way through to them being sold for three and a half billion dollars or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was American. So it was like three, three point eight American, I think four point five Canadian. Right. And, and, and of course, another interesting thing there. Right. So, so he's not here. To, he's not here for nickels. Right. No, We're not he's saying not. he's going to get that, but he's not playing for nickels. He, he, he's not. And it, it, here's what's interesting about that as well. And that's that um, the, the Canadian Malartic is Canada's largest producing mine. It produces around three quarters of a million ounces a year. But but it's actually coming towards the end of its 10 year life. Now, they've expand, extended it a couple of years. Right. So it probably has, I, I think, another somewhere between three and five years. But when uh, Agnico Eagle is looking for something they're looking for something next year they're looking for something a few years out right and that's one of the assets that even if they extend it a bit is going to need replacing yeah right and agnico eagle just partnered up with kirtland lake and now they're i think the third largest uh gold producer in the world are you giving us a hint here as to who may be knocking on the door <laughs> i'm just saying they have a, they'll have a market cap of about 24 billion dollars they have about, I think it was four or five billion dollars in cash or something like that. Um, they actually have the top 10 producing mines in Canada. They own six of them. They own number one, two, three, um, one, two, three, four, and seven and 10 or something like that. It's, it's pretty crazy. So they love Canada. They love this type of system and they're going to need to replace this type of system, you know, in, in a little bit. So uh, do I consider them as, as a potential company that would be interested in this? Of course I do. I have no insider information, right? But, you know, they're in the area, um, uh, you know, uh, Newmont's already in the area. Barrick said a year ago that they want to buy a large porphyry in, in Canada, and they haven't bought one yet. In fact, just a couple months ago, uh, their president was just saying that, he thinks that Canada is going to play a much larger role in their acquisitions in the future and so forth. So um, it's it's a very hot area and we just happen to be in the, the hottest part of it. So And it may, it may very well be a seller's market. But before we get too far ahead of itself, today is a is a great day. Yeah, right, it Calvin, it's a fantastic day where we are today. It couldn't get much better. And again, I got to go back to the quote. I'm going to read it because, you know, someone like someone like Ken doesn't say that. Uh, quite easily, but no, this system has proven to be much larger than we previously expected. Part one, and combined with our recent discoveries at Perfect Storm, Eureka, and Calm for the Storm, part two, gives this project unparalleled economic potential as one of the largest gold projects in the world. Part three, um, I don't think, and and you've kind of what what's amazing is you've walked us through what Ken is seeing. And which is very much appreciated, Calvin. I got to tell you, everybody, every American Creek uh, shareholder is, is, is going to love this because that's what Ken had to say, but you've walked us through what he's seen and yeah. explained it a lot of it in layman terms. A lot of it, I, and I appreciate that, a lot of this has been in layman terms, uh, you know, for, for for the majority of people to understand. So yeah, it's, it's a great day. And I guess what we'll wait for now is the next 60, 90 days between finishing off the last row results and potentially uh, a new resource estimate coming out before uh, before PDAC in the first quarter. But but as of right now, congratulate, you know, congratulate to Darren, to everybody mm -hmm. and the team. And I know you're not the one doing the drilling. I want to say this for everybody. You guys aren't doing the drilling. You're not operating it. But it is here today because you guys 
found it, nurtured it, and held on to it through the darkest, <laughs> deepest, yeah. darkest moments of the capital markets for uh, for this resource, especially around 2015. Yeah, yeah. When cannabis was hot and tech was getting hot, people said, "Take your resources." You, you know, guys couldn't raise a buck, and you guys fought and held it, and that's the credit that you and the team get for putting everybody in this position. And, and, and that's why today is a great celebration. So thanks make sure you, make sure you pass it on to Darren. who's going to watch and hear this anyways, but I will. I'll thanks man. Everybody. Thanks buddy. Thanks for being here, Kelvin. This has been awesome. Great. Take care, George. To everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast. And if you have, you got to watch the video because the visuals were that powerful. But if you've been listening on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, it's been to Kelvin Burton. He's the Investor Relations Director at American Creek Resources, trades in Canada under the stock symbol AMK. For those of you new to the story, I don't, I don't even know if you have to do any due diligence because of what Kelvin said. Maybe you just got to watch this a couple of times. But if you got to do some due diligence, get to the company's profile first on Agoracom because there's so many moving parts. We've got it greatly laid, neatly laid out for you in a great summary form to get that 1,000-foot view. And then from there, link over the American Greek Resources website to your deep dive, your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey, guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom Small Cap video.